Hello and welcome back to the Simplicity Diaries with me, Kim John Payne. We've had uh, a, a really wonderful response to our sleep series and um, lots of comments and questions have uh, come up through various social networking. People have spoken to me directly about it as well. And so there's been a request to actually, you know, can we address some, some specific uh, issues around bedtime? And, and I thought, well, absolutely. So uh, we're extending this just for one more, one more podcast. One of the uh, common questions comes comes up around uh, toddlers and uh, bedtime and separation anxieties. And I'll try and make my responses because there's been a lot of questions actually as crisp as I can and as direct. With toddlers, they're, they're right at a time when there's at, at the height of their um, learning to separate from mum or dad. And a lot of what we've covered in these podcasts will um, be of real value. I want to really emphasize these points that we've talked about, which will help a, a child feel safe around bedtime. Because separation largely is a security and safety issue, of course. So suggestions like giving them, you know, a T-shirt or something uh, that reminds them of mummy or daddy, a photograph on their bedside table of them with with, with mum or dad, or um, a, 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 my children had an old bear that um, that I had as myself as a child and they would take it in turns of who got to sleep with the bear and if anyone couldn't sleep very well then they got to have the bear. <laughs> um, try to, trying to understand that, that the children at this age do naturally go through, they're learning to separate and if we can smooth out the environment visually in all the different ways we talked about in the first podcast and then have those rituals have that that decompression and then not overwhelm them with information what i've found over the years is that it's toddlers who most um directly respond to that most quickly respond to that there's also uh, comments and questions of course about how to get a child back into their own room like how how if if they're going to bed and that they're, they're, and they're getting up and they're coming back into your room it can be exhausting right it just can be because you're being woken up and here are just a few um suggestions uh for that one is is to really make very clear boundaries and and an arrangement and say to a to a to a child here is the way we're doing this to have clarity about it because what can um sometimes happen is that it gets it gets very wobbly and um, a child gets first of all put in a parent's bed and when they're asleep transferred into their own not a good idea because when they wake up they'll boomerang right back into your bed or if a child wakes up um, in in the early morning hours and asks for something it's another real mistake to get up and get that for her. Now, I know we know that, but our heart sometimes goes out to a child and we'll, and, and so that's just signaling again to a child like, 
they can they are semi awake and then they'll fully wake themselves up in order to make a request for us to do something. And another one is just to extend story time and just another story, another story, another story, and have a child in in that sense feel that not only they can extend things, but actually they're in charge and not a good not a good uh, signal to give to a child at all. I've I've mentioned quietening things down before bedtime as being crucial as well. But another aspect that some parents have had to relearn or address is um, they will let children, uh, particularly in daytime naps and so on, be in charge and put the mummy to bed. They'll say, well, you can put me to bed and then I'll put you to bed. And, and, we're, we're we're bringing children onto onto our level of nighttime authority, and again, really um, not not a good idea at all. Another thing that can often get in the way of children coming in and disturbing you uh, is when they, as soon as they wake up, we pick them up um, within a, within sort of seconds of first hearing a little cry from them. And that's also not helpful. In in a, I know it may sound. I hope it doesn't sound harsh. Not in any way meant to be. But when a child is is crying at night, it's harder because in the daytime, many of us are now willing to let a child cry. It's okay. If a child cries at night, though. How do we how do we handle that? It seems a little bit different, right? And so we know that 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 just coming in and picking up a child within within seconds of them crying is is going to actually set up a whole cycle uh, where they get us back by crying, right? And a cycle gets set up. The one of the one of the ways to to start to address that is when a child cries at night, before they go to bed, let them know that it's okay sometimes. It's, it really is okay sometimes to be upset at night. Every little child sometimes can feel like crying at night. And, and you and uh, mummy and daddy did it when they were little, and that it's, that it's okay. It, as much as you can, normalize it. Secondly, um, if a child cries or gets out of bed and comes in with you, let them know that if they do that, that you, you you'll tell them exactly what you're going to do. You'll get out of bed. I mean, you've got to often do this with little ones. You'll take them back into the room. You'll put them back into their bed. You'll pull the covers up. You'll give them a little kiss. And then you will be going back to your bed. The reason for doing this is that it gives them then an expectation of what's going to happen. They don't get up out of bed, come into your room, and then expect that you'll come back in and sleep with them, or that you will sing to them, or that you'll tell a story with them. They're not left wondering. You tell them exactly the way you're going to deal with it. And, by the way, it means you get back to bed and back to sleep before you become overly awake 
uh, yourself. You can kind of in a semi-stupor, you know, get up and take a child into their bed, covers, kiss on the cheek, back to your bed. And you can, and you can be asleep. You know, we parents can be asleep much, much quicker than being fully awake. But it's helpful to, to tell a child the parameters of what will happen if they do come in. You can't stop them coming in, right, short of, you know, locking the door or whatever, and that's not going to work. They'll just kick on it and cry and howl. Uh, there's no point in saying you may, you, you will not do this. Uh, of course, you can say to them that's not what you wish to have happen, but you don't want to be getting into a power struggle with it uh, that you're going to lose because they can get out of bed. But what you can do, what's within your circle of control, is to let them know exactly what will happen. And it's quite minimalistic. You know, you're really going to do the minimum and put them back into bed. And you may have to repeat that two or three or four times the first night you do it. Second night you do it. Third night, fourth night you do it, you're repeating it once or twice. Usually within a relatively short period of time, the kids get the message that, you're, that you love them, you care for them, but you are not going to um, you know, have a 4th of July party at 3 in the morning. It's not going to happen. Another way, um, another uh, very common question comes up with what I've mentioned, what I call the the the, uh, the hostage taking, the nighttime hostage taking, where a child will, you know, demand uh, through their emotional reactions that you lay beside them for one, two, three, four hours. Uh, where uh, that really came home to me is when uh, um, my first child was born and. Uh, I would lay down beside her. I, I kind of, I think that is a m- mistake, really. I, um, and I made that mistake. And uh, if I, we lived in a very, very old house. And uh, one day I, I found myself on my abdomen, on my tummy, worming out of the room in case any of the floorboards creaked, right? Because if the floorboard would creak, you know, you'd hear the cry and that, oh, no. And my wife was coming up the stairs and I was worming out the room and we met kind of eye to eye. And in that moment, I just realized this is ridiculous. This is not okay. I should know better. So uh, what we, we talked about it and what we uh, did was brought in a simple plan and it seemed to be... Um, quite successful actually is that toddler in bed this was when she was a toddler toddler in bed chair beside I've mentioned that before in these podcasts no no laying on the bed chair beside increase the rhythms and rituals around the getting to bed because that needed strengthening but the key point here is that I would take my chair and uh, sit beside her for a little while while the story and prayers happened. And then I'd move my chair, the, the chair, the, the, the chair that represented safety and security to her. Uh, I would move it to the doorway and I would sit in the doorway. And then I'd get up and I'd say, oh, I'll be back in a moment, love. And I would get up and I would walk down the corridor, make some little noises of doing something or other, and then come right back. It really within initially it was within sort of five or ten seconds then 20 seconds then 30 seconds until eventually the chair was outside the door and I was going away for longer minutes 
until of you can see where this is going right until she would then be asleep and there was no more need to do that it took it took a couple of weeks to actually establish that but um occasionally there'd be regressions because toddlers will regress uh back uh in their sleep and get all whingy and and whiny and frightened and uh, and that's usually because they're at a little bit of a developmental milestone and then we just repeated the process again didn't but this time it was much quicker it was just a matter of a week or so of the same sort of pattern of getting up assuring her letting her know i'm daddy is just going out to you know tidy up the lounge room and she would know daddy is just going to get a drink i would let her know what i was doing but then extended 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 until asleep and didn't have to do it anymore at all there was just a sitting in the chair and then up and leave this is a way to help a child it's almost like an attachment theory of these waves where you come you go out you come back you go out you come back now in normal you know daily life the the going out is a child they'll go out a little bit to a friend a little bit and they'll come back they'll go a little further until they get and eventually they'll be more confident and then they'll get out go out and they'll be there they'll be playing with their friends at night time it's interesting how this is reversed the mummy or daddy can go out a little bit and come back and then go out a little further and come back it's almost like a reversal of what happens in terms of this a child moving a little bit away from a mummy and coming back to feel safe uh, and now in this case the parent is moving out and coming back it's a beautiful echo of a very very natural um securing instinct and it speaks to the child uh, beautifully the um all sorts of other um questions that sort of um had echoes in the ones that we're just talking about have come up but there that those i've tried to cluster that in the main types of questions that come up around uh sleep okay I sure hope that was helpful as always. Okay, bye-bye for now. <laughs>